Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Tuesday, February 27th. And as always, Tuesdays, we're here to talk about WWE NXT. And we actually have a pretty newsworthy show to talk about. This was the night before uh, the go-home show into next week's Roadblock. So next week, we are going to be getting a special edition of a Tuesday night episode of NXT, which is going to be Roadblock. And they announced a couple of matches for that. I think they officially made four matches um, that are going to be happening. And then we got a pretty big return to WWE here today, which we're going to get right into. But before I do, just a friendly reminder to everybody that's here. If you want to get your questions, your comments, your statements, or just like your reactions or whatever it is right here on the stream, you're more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point. And it also helps support this channel a whole freaking lot. So first and foremost, I want to go ahead and kick things off by thanking Sheldon Jackson for sending in five DWO memberships. Always having my back here on this channel. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson. And then also thank you very much to YT, uh, who uh, I believe renewed their membership as a DWO member member because uh, I know YT's been a member so uh, YT thank you so much for coming back to the DWO as well all right so we're gonna kick things off with the big news of the day coming off of NXT and that is that we officially got the return of Sean Spears everyone so some of you are probably like Sean Spears wait wait, wait, wait a minute what okay well for those of you who do not know Sean Spears you may know Ty Dillinger, because that's what he was known as during his time in WWE. But the last several years, he has been part of the AEW roster. I think it was like last uh, December, somewhere around that time, was when we found out that Sean Spears would no longer be with the company moving forward come 2024. And his wife, uh, Cassie of the Iconics, you guys may also know her, um, you know, she's constantly posting on social media and all that stuff. I think he's, they've had like two babies in the last couple of years or so. Uh, so congratulations to them. But uh, he is now back in WWE and he is officially the person that, if you guys recall, um, the last time that we were, what was it? I forgot what PLE we were talking about, but one of the last NXT PLEs that we we're talking about they started showing these like little clips with some wording on it about the truth and and all of that well a lot of people and I told you guys it's not going to be Okada there were people here that thought that this was going to be Okada uh there were people on social media that legitimately thought this was going to be Okada and I swear to god I hope they were joking because I don't ever think that it was going to be him um but anyways for those of you guys wondering who that mystery person ended up being, well, my friends, it was Sean Spears. Now, I keep saying Sean Spears because turns out that that's what they're referring to him as now in WWE. They're not referring to him as Ty Dillinger. He's being referred to as Sean Spears. So let's talk about how this happened, what he's been doing, and the pros of uh, the pros and everything in regards to him coming into NXT and what this can mean for him and what this means for uh, the division. So basically how this happened 
And somehow, I was not expecting this to be tied into Ridge Holland. Like the way that this whole thing happened, I was really not expecting any of it because it was actually a women's segment that was going on, which we'll talk about later. And Ridge Holland interrupted Tatum Paxley and Lyra Valkyra and came out. And you guys know the last couple of weeks, I have not been into this story with Ridge Holland. Like I have not been a fan of what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. It got very, very boring for me. So for I just wasn't a fan of what they were doing with Rich Holland. So I was not expecting the newsiest thing of the show to be coming out of this segment. And so Rich Holland is out there talking about how, um, you know, he's talking about all of his actions and the things that he's done. And he's saying how he didn't have any malicious intent in any of the bad things that he's been doing. And then suddenly, before he can finish talking, we see some words pop up on the screen. And the words say something about the truth will prevail and there will be pain in his actions, right? And then all of a sudden, the lights sort of dim down. They don't go full black, but they dim down. And we see this person in a hood who comes out and hits on hits Ridge Holland. And you see like this really bright light. So it's kind of dark a little bit. And all of a sudden, the person takes off their hood and who you end up seeing is Sean Spears. And he got a really good reaction from the crowd uh, to the point where it was being muted a whole lot because whatever it is that they were chanting, we weren't getting to actually hear during this because it was being muted. And so Sean Spears later on says that he's going to be at Roadblock next week. And uh, I don't know, he looks happy to be here. But let's talk about what the heck has been going on with Sean Spears. So what has he been doing? Because there are people here, um, even though I cover, you know, AEW and WWE, I fully recognize that there are a lot of people here that do not watch um, AEW. So some of you guys have been going like, what the hell has been going on with Sean Spears over on the enemy side, right? What has he been doing over on the enemy side of things? Well, I'm here to inform you. All right. So he's kind of been doing a lot. You know, he was with AEW for several years since 2019, uh, through the latter end of 2023. Unfortunately, during his latter period in, uh, AEW, like the later period, excuse me, uh, he hasn't really been doing a whole lot in AEW. Like he had done some great stuff on it. Like he was part of the pinnacle. Uh, he was part of blood and guts. He had some very funny moments. Like he was on the side. Uh, he was like best friends with the MJF, even though MJF kind of treated him like shit. And he was part of the MJF Wardlow feud. At one point, he was his uh, accountability buddy. Uh, let's not forget that. So that's sort of what he had been doing over on the AEW side of things. But it seems like he kind of wanted, you know, a little bit more. And given that we weren't really seeing all that much of him on AEW towards the later period of his time there. I, I feel like it was probably the best decision for him to go a different direction. Now, truthfully, I didn't really see like, and maybe I missed it, but like I really didn't see like a lot of people really talking about him during that time from a between uh, AEW and WWE. So I think a lot of people probably didn't even consider that he could be the person coming into this role on NXT. I'm sure there were several people that probably thought it, but it wasn't a name that at least I saw being thrown around a whole lot on social media. 
So I almost feel like because that his name wasn't being thrown around as much, him coming into NXT ended up being a sort of a bigger surprise than, um, you know, most of people probably expected. Like I wasn't expecting to see Sean Spears coming in to NXT, back to NXT, especially especially here tonight. Like I wasn't expecting any of it. So I thought this made for a pleasant surprise. Now, now that I've talked about, um, you know, what he's been doing the last couple of years, how this all happened, we need to talk about what this means for NXT and what this means for him. Now, I don't know how many of you have been religiously watching NXT. For those of you who have been religiously watching NXT, you know, we've talked about it here. I, especially the last two weeks, primarily, I have been talking about how we need more men on NXT because it was sort of slim pickings for the men. And we've been talking about this. Like, this is like an actual thing that they need to do, right? And so Sean Spears over on the AEW side of things, they have so many guys. So many freaking guys. Like, there was just a lot happening uh, to the point where there was really no place for him really uh, on that brand anymore, in that promotion anymore. And over in WWE, you know, of course, he could have gone to Raw. He could have gone to SmackDown. But I think having him on NXT, a place that he is very familiar with, obviously a new version of NXT from the last time that he was there, of course. But regardless, I think that having Sean Spears come into this iteration of NXT that we're seeing, I feel like there is a spot for him to grab. You could literally... Already, you know, as soon as we're done with Carmelo and Elia and what they're doing there, he can easily be in the NXT championship picture. If you want uh, somebody for Obafemi to feud with for the NXT North American title picture, there you go. You got somebody there. Wherever you would want to put Sean Spears, it works because there are openings to be grabbed on NXT. All of these champions, all of these guys, they need more dudes to wrestle. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, they need more dudes to wrestle. And also guys that are that come with a little bit more of experience, that are a little bit more established. And so for that reason, I see this, but nothing but pros um, in regards to Sean Spears joining the NXT brand because I really do think the NXT brand needed, uh, needed someone like Sean Spears. Of course, they still need plenty more people, and I hope to see more guys coming into NXT and seeing more guys develop into bigger stars on NXT because obviously it's a developmental brand, and I would like to see more... Um, you know, with the women, we talk about this all the time. With the women, we've seen so many of them really go from, like, potential star to all of a sudden they're a big star on NXT. Great. We need to see more of that for the dudes, obviously. So uh, good for Sean Spears. I'm excited to see what he's going to do over on the NXT side of things and seeing how that all happens for him. But let's go ahead and get into these super chats because they are coming in and I want to get your guys' thoughts on all of this. So first and foremost, thank you so much to Darf Steven for kicking us off here. He says, Sean Spears going by his name says a lot. What do you think about that, Denise? So it's funny because when he came in, I had thought that Vic Joseph said Sean Spears, but because they had been muting the crowd, I couldn't really pick up what they said. And I was like, are they calling him Sean Spears? Or like, I just assumed he'd automatically be Ty Dillinger. And when 
later on on the show, they referred to him again as Sean Spears. I was like, oh, shit. That was not really something that I guess I uh, expected. But I think it's better for him to be Sean Spears because that's what we've been knowing him for the last couple of years. It's been such a long time since he was Ty Dillinger that I almost feel like that connection I'm not going to say that it's not there because everybody, the second he like came out, everybody was obviously posting the 10 and everybody knows that whole gimmick. So you were seeing a whole lot of that. So it's not like it's disconnected, but I do think it would have felt weird, especially if you've seen him in an AEW and you've known him in AEW, it would have felt weird to see him go back to Ty Dillinger. But if you didn't see any of his AEW stuff and you just knew him for what he was in WWE, didn't see him and then he came back, then I think it would have been okay to still see him as Ty Dillinger. So for me and for people that watched him on AW, it would have been a little bit weird, but that's how it is, right? We see people change their names and all of these things happen, right? Um, I mean, God, we're literally sitting here where we're, when I cover AEW, it still trips me out every time I'm talking about freaking Adam Copeland, because to me, forever and always, he's Edge. And it's so freaking weird whenever I have to refer to him as Adam Copeland. So if I could get used to that, I think we can get used to calling Sean Spears, Sean Spears or Ty Dillinger or whatever the hell they want to call him. So yeah, he is being, he is going by Sean Spears. We got Jay Stone here who says, I doubt this happens, but the new catch Republic adding Charlie Dempsey would be great. Hopefully winning the Heritage Cup means he gets more TV time. Oh, I'll have my thoughts on that in just a second. Thank you so much to Jay Stone for sending that in. We got Sheldon Jackson here who says, I'm so happy to see Sean Spears back in WWE, but glad he's kept his AEW gimmick that he started. The chairman... Thank you, Cody Rhodes. Yes, let's not forget um, that whole entire history there. It's just, it's, um, you know, it's cool for Sean Spears to get this, um, to get this opportunity to go back to NXT because, look, I hate to be this person that brings up numbers, um, but he's 43 years old, guys. And let's be real, WWE like, even though he obviously feels great, he moves great and all of that stuff. Let's be real. WWE could have easily been like, bro, you're 43. You could be, t let's give you a backstage role, right? Like they could have easily done that. And like the fact that they didn't, the fact that they were like, okay, you know what? Let's go. You can still go. Yeah, you're 43, but you can still go. And there's a lot of people that are in their 40s, obviously in WWE, but you know how it is. Sometimes they, uh, discriminate sometimes when it comes to age and especially if he had been gone for that time the last couple of years I feel like there could have been a situation where they said hey man maybe you could be a coach at the PC or something and no now he's back on NXT and I think it's pretty awesome so I'm looking forward to that um thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson we got Willie Teague here who says hi Denise thank you so much for that generous super chat Willie I appreciate it uh thank you so much for coming into the podcast and I hope you're enjoying yourself Sheldon Jackson also says also, if Sean Spears is back, then I think Spears' flatback wrestling school co-owner needs to come back as well. Prince Petty, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze, one of the people with the most, um, he's very charismatic, such a charismatic guy. Like, there's no one here that does not like Tyler Breeze, and I can't imagine uh, someone who wouldn't. Speaking of, like, you know, just personality and stuff, I think given 
what we've seen from Sean Spears, especially like when he was doing the whole like accountability stuff and everything that he was doing in AEW, I feel like we saw that comedic aspect of him and we get a lot of that on NXT. So I do think they can kind of toe the line there. I would rather prefer a more a serious iteration of Sean Spears on NXT because I do think we have a lot of like, we have a lot of people there that are doing more so like the comedy thing i would prefer more of like a little bit of a serious competitor but we'll see what we get out of it either way he can kind of do a little bit of both for housen says not nxt but will be at dynamite tomorrow hell yeah man have a good time at dynamite tomorrow uh i'm looking forward to the show uh i don't think they've announced much yet i know they're having the bcc match um with ftr and then eddie kingston yeah, that's kind of all that I've seen so far, but I'm sure it'll be a good show. Stephen Martrulli says, NXT now has a nice veteran presence and Spears for the Brandon locker room and uh, good in ring. Yeah, there you go. There's some good pointers there too. Um, some good points to be made, Stephen. Thank you so much. We got Sam Piboon who says, will Trick Williams return next week? I don't know, but I do miss Trick Williams. And right now when we get into, and let's get right into it now, actually. Um, I want to get into the Ilya Jagunov, Carmelo Hayes stuff because this also ties into uh, Trick Williams. And I'm a little bit thrown off here, guys. I honestly am. I'm a little bit thrown off um, because they made this match between Carmelo Hayes and Tony D. And whoever wins that match at Roadblock is going to go on to face Ilya Jagunov at NXT Stand and Deliver. And the reason I say I'm a little thrown off is because, dude, I thought that was going to be Trick Williams. I, I guess I was expecting for that to be Trick Williams. And maybe it still is. Maybe they're going to, I don't know, do some hocus pocus and we'll eventually get to that. Um, but right now, I kind of feel like, wait, what? I was listening to this match being made and I'm going, okay, the number one contender for Ilya Dragunov for NXT Stand Deliver. Either, I don't think it's going to be Tony D, so I'm expecting Carmelo Hayes to win that, but I wasn't expecting Trick Williams to, like, not be the one to face Ilya Dragunov. So, I don't know. I, I'm actually curious to see what you guys think here. Like, is this still a, I mean, it's pro wrestling, right? They can, you know, shimmy up a good story to uh, make it so that Trick Williams is part of this, but... I was riding in the sunset thinking, okay, by the time we get to NXT Stand and Deliver, Trick Williams is going to be winning that NXT championship. I'm sold on that idea already. Damn. Now I'm kind of left here going, what? So um, we obviously need to get more into this. But basically, um, what we got here, and the reason I say this is like, you guys know, man, I'm the biggest Ilya Dragunov fan. I'm as big an Ilya Dragunov fan as the next person, but I really do think that Trick Williams is so hot right now with the fans. The people are so digging him. It really feels like Stand and Deliver was going to be like his big moment to become champion. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I was rushing it. Maybe I don't know. Am I wrong here? It just kind of felt like that was going to be his big moment, and it might still be I kind of have some hope, um, but I really do hope he's in that picture. Uh, I don't know when Trick Williams is coming back. They haven't actually said 
when he's coming back just yet. But basically what we got here between all of these guys here is they kick things off with Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov having a confrontation at the top of the store at the top of the the I was gonna say the store. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Um at the top of the show. By the way, in case you guys haven't noticed, I am sick. So uh just 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 it's the drugs, guys. It's the drugs. It's the it's the freaking Theraflu. All right. So that's where my brain is going. It's why it's all foggy. But anyways, so at the top of the show, they have this confrontation between Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. And Carmelo Hayes comes out with a bunch of security. And this basically leads to like, oh, well, he doesn't have the contract yet. So I'm not going to talk to I'm not going to talk to him. And I'm not going to get into the ring until he has the contract. And then Ilya Dragunov punches a couple of security guards. I thought it was funny and a little bit stupid that I'm sorry, but Carmelo Hayes goes out there with like 500 security guards, guys. Literally, 500 security guards. He goes out there with all of them. And when push comes to shove, Ilya Dragunov only ended up fighting off like three. And it was like really quick. It was just like boom, 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 done. And all the other guys were standing there. And they all had the same pose. Like this was rehearsed. They were all standing there going, this. Like, if you watched NXT or you didn't watch NXT, go back and watch this. All of the security guards are, like, waiting. Like, if the fans were going to erupt from the freaking bleachers and start attacking Carmelo Hayes. And I'm thinking, you were brought in to basically protect Carmelo Hayes from Ilya Dragunov. And Ilya Dragunov is out there punching your guys and no one's doing anything. Instead, you're looking at the fans going... Go back and watch that. Um, it was something so so minor, but it made me think like, oh, that's kind of dumb. But that was the one thing where I was like, guys, you're sick. like, go. You guys should all be going in there. You guys should all be going in there and having Elia just be like, bam, 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 until they're all gone and out. That's what I was. <laughs> that's what I thought was a little bit silly from this from this opening segment. But whatever. It, I'm just nitpicking, guys. You pay attention to little things, and sometimes it's the little things that kind of drive you a little crazy. It's like when you're watching a show. Have you ever had this happen, guys? Please let me know in the chat if you've had this happen. You're watching a show, and the show or the movie, and there's this really great table full of breakfast items, and there's scones and pancakes and bacon and eggs and orange juice and coffee and all of these great things. And then the actor comes in and he's like, gets a little piece of, of, and he gets an apple, literally gets an apple, takes one little bite. And it's like, I'm out the door. <laughs> I know it's something so silly, but every time that happens, I get so mad inside. Cause I'm like, eat the damn breakfast. You have a whole feast there. Eat the damn breakfast. Anyways, going off on a tangent here. This wasn't the end of the Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov situation. We ended up having a contract signing at the end of the show. And this was interrupted by Tony D'Angelo. Now, the last time we saw Tony D'Angelo was last week in which he was saying that he wants to be the dawn of NXT and really didn't give much of an explanation as to what that really meant, right? Because he's been the dawn of NXT. Like, that's his nickname. We've seen him, you know, God, there's been a whole lot with uh, Tony D and... 
there's been just so much that's happened with him on NXT, right? But what did this specifically mean as to what he wanted to do? Um, I think you could could you could have already tell that he was trying to go for the NXT Championship picture, and that's exactly what he wants to do. He had a little back and forth there with primarily with Carmelo because he didn't really want to show any respect to Carmelo Hayes. And the respect was really all for Ilya Dragunov. And it worked. Flattery works. And we are going to be getting a match between Carmelo Hayes and Tony D next week at Roadblock. And the winner of that will become the number one contender for Ilya Dragunov's title, the NXT Championship, at Stand and Deliver. And this was approved by Ava Rain and officially confirmed by Ilya Dragunov because they gave him the choice since he is the champion. And this basically ended with Carmelo Hayes uh, putting Tony D through a uh, through the through the table. So there was quite a bit here that kind of, like I said, threw me off. But, um. I'm curious to see what this is going to look like because I've said this before, but I really feel like sometimes Tony D and his matches, they really need the bells and whistles when it comes to it. And Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov are like polar opposite. Like these are like, so they're so great in ring. And um, so I'm curious to see what the matchup is going to look like, but I do think that this is going to be uh, a massive little moment here for Tony D. So I think this will be fine, um, but I'm curious to see how Trick Williams is going to return, how and when. I'm secretly hoping that, I'm kind of hoping that this becomes a situation where Trick Williams comes out and attacks Carmelo Hayes cost him this match or maybe this match ends with no winner because of trick williams interference and so all of a sudden we i don't know we end up going a different direction because here's the thing now that i think about it we need to here's like what's the end game what's the payoff to this what makes the most sense we need to have carmelo hayes versus trick williams that is the end game for this particular story between carmelo hayes and trick we need to get this match. However, because the thing that they both want most is the NXT championship. We need to get to that somehow. Now, I don't know if this means that we have Carmelo and Trick um, fighting amongst each other to eventually get to Ilya Dragunov. Or if it gets to a situation where one of these guys becomes champion, primarily Carmelo Hayes. And then has this match against Trick Williams for the NXT championship. So there's like a lot of different ways that they can go about this. I don't know how they're going to choose to go about it, but I really feel like I want two things from this personally for me, selfishly speaking for me, the two things that I want is this blood feud between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Like I want things to get ugly between them. I want it to get personal because these are two dear friends that were two dear friends, pardon me, were two dear friends. And now things have got to get ugly because the way that I see it, the more closer you, the closer you were to somebody, when you become enemies, it's got to get ugly, really, really ugly. And that's what I want to see. The other thing that I want to see is Trick Williams eventually holding up that NXT championship. So I don't know how, but those are definitely the two things we must get out of this whole entire storyline. 
All right, let's get into some of these super chats here because we got people that want to say some things. All right, um, let's see, where did I leave off here? All right, here we go. Sheldon Jackson says, Denise called Breeze Prince, Prince Petty, Xavier Woods would be proud. Look at me, man. Look at me. Hunter Tillman, DWL member says, hi, Denise. Hope all is well. Much love. Uh, thank you so much for being a member now for 13 months. Uh, the Swifty and me is very, very happy. William Buner, also 13 member, 13 member, 13 month member of the DWO. He says, trick screws mellow next week, calling it. Dude, I hope you're right, man. I really hope you're right because somehow, some way, I need to get what I want to see out of this. Chris Ludek says, hope you're doing well, Denise. I just want to let you know my good friend Pedro Tavares Jr., a.k.a. Pat Angel, has his debut match on March 9th. P.S. I'm loaded. Dude, I know you've been talking about your friend having his um, match um, for a while now, so I'm so happy that it's finally happening. Before you know it, March 9th is not too long from now. So wish your friend Pedro the very best of luck, Chris, and uh, I hope you settled in to your new home and your new job as well. Sheldon Jackson says, I think the official main event for Stand and Deliver will be Tony D'Angelo versus Ilya for the title, then Mello versus Trick in an unsanctioned match to close out the show, like they did in 2018 TakeOver with DIY. Well, Sheldon, I think you might be right on this. I can definitely see this being an outcome because, like I said, we need to get Carmelo Trick Williams. Like, this is a story that they have put a whole lot of, like, real estate into and the big payoff even though i did want to see trick williams be champion at stand and deliver because that's like their biggest show for nxt um i think that carmelo and trick williams going out there and telling this whole story with their match and just everything that they've been doing that is a big time match for both of them a big time match for both of them because even if you do like let's say we got to trick williams and Ilya dragunov at stand and deliver okay but when would you have done carmelo hayes and trick williams like carmelo hayes and trick williams because the story has been so so big you just can't do it on roadblock like that's not where you do that's not where you do carmelo hayes versus trick williams it's got to be at a big pay-per-view and so it's looking like it's definitely going to be stand and deliver and then tony d and um Ilya dragunov you know like i said it, we do need a lot more guys on the roster because i do think that um it, it does feel like there aren't very many options for Ilya dragunov for guys for him to compete against and while tony d'angelo is a pretty good name for him to face and someone he hasn't faced that I believe, especially as NXT champion. So you will get something new there, but I don't know that it'll be the same caliber of match that we're used to seeing in regards to some of Ilya Dragunov's previous matches, uh, specifically the ones with Carmelo Hayes. They kind of really set the bar very, very high. So I think it's more so the caliber of match that I'm not expecting to hit as hard. Um, and I hope that I'm wrong. I really hope that I'm wrong. I, I do hope to be pleasantly surprised if they do decide to go this direction and have it be Tony D'Angelo at Elia. And it makes most sense because like someone was saying earlier, um, Carmelo Hayes will probably get screwed next week by Trick Williams. Tony D'Angelo can get the win. Okay, he goes on to face, like you said, Elia Dragunov. And then from there, well, what do you have? You continue the story with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. So your scenario definitely makes a lot of sense. And 
probably what we're getting. Mike Parker says, Tony D not wrong about this saga though. Um, ready to move on to something else. This is starting to drag for me. Um, ye are you talking about the Carmelo Hayes Trick Williams? Or are you talking about the Ilya Dragunov uh, Carmelo Hayes? Like what portion of this specifically is dragging for you? Because it's just like there weren't, you know, I feel like they can't just do Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov over and over again. And you're talking to the person who loved the match. And even I was like, all right, guys, got to do something else now. Paul Morales says, hello, Denise. I didn't get my message read earlier in the month celebrating my first year being part of the DWL. Glad to see Sean Spears back in NXT. Ah, Paul, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry for us. Uh, forgetting or skipping or I don't know what the hell happened on whatever show it was that that happened on um, my apologies Paul and thank you so much for um, sending in this super chat being part of the DWL for over a year and uh, happy that you're happy to see Sean Spears back um, Paul Morales says uh, oops 13 months <laughs> let's effing go DWL for life um, thank you so much Paul seriously I appreciate your support uh, yours and everybody's here uh, we have jared here who's been a member for four months now saying crazy how the new women in nxt eclipse the men dude like if this was a race bro the men would kind of be like just way far back like the women are psh, psh, I, I don't even have the analogy for this guys can't even think right now the women just far surpass the dudes and there's so many and speaking of which we're also most likely so we got a tease by the way um, there was a video that played where they were a camera over the ocean and in the sand was written, see you soon and big, big words, roadblock. And I think that means, guys, I'm expecting to see the return of Sol Ruka. Now, Sol Ruka, she got pretty popular pretty fast. And unfortunately, she um, tore her ACL. I think it was early spring last year. Um, so I think now i guess if you do the math she's i i think she was also yeah hold on my guys let me make sure okay so in april it was when she tore her acl that was last year and then like two weeks ago she returned for one of the nxt house shows so she's clearly back on the nxt house show loop and i'm assuming that was like her warm-up match and so i'm predicting and i feel like it's somewhat of a safe prediction that it is definitely so ruka making her return to nxt and i'm happy that this went by really fast because so ruka started to go viral dude like she was impressing people that weren't even watching nxt and her clips started to go viral on social media and people were like oh who's this and all of that helped garner so much more attention for soul so um yeah i feel like you know unfortunately she was out for several months and now when she comes back this could be her time to get back some of that attention that she had gotten and you know um ride with it so yeah that's most likely probably going to be soul ruka so we will wait and see um mike parker in regards to his previous message says Basically only Trick and Mello being in the title scene. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's primarily, it's mostly Carmelo Hayes though, not Trick Williams because Trick Williams um, has to get his moment. You know, he, he eventually has to get his moment, I'm assuming. But Carmelo Hayes, he's, you know, he's been NXT champion. He's defended the title. He's lost the title. He's, he's done it all on the NXT side of things. For Trick Williams, there's still so much more there to be done. So yeah. I think it's more so, again, just that we saw Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov so many times. As good as it was, 
we just saw it a couple three times is good we need a little bit of a break just a little bit just a little bit of a break um all right so let's see where are we at now um there's so much to get into guys i want to go ahead and get into the um Let's get into the Lyra Valkyra promo because there was something interesting that came out of that that I wasn't expecting here. So Lyra last week ended up working double duty. Well, technically not double duty because the match with her and Shotzi got cut short because Shotzi ended up uh, tearing her ACL and now she's out for, you know, several months. Okay, so Lyra was competing against was defending her NXT championship against Shotzi. She gets hurt. She's out. Lash Legend comes in. She ends up having this match with Lash Legend, and she defeats her. Cool. All right. Prior to all of that, she had told Tatum Paxley, the girl who's severely obsessed with her, that she did not want her to go out there, that she did not want Tatum to go out there at all because Tatum has been known to get involved in her matches and uh, Lyra is not that kind of a champion. She doesn't want other people fighting her battles for her. She doesn't want any help like that. She's a very proud champion. And so she told Tatum Paxley that if she didn't come out, she would get her a surprise. And of course, Tatum was like, oh, I want my surprise. So <laughs> she gives her her surprise. And turns out that her surprise is going, you know what, now that I think about it, her surprise was a surprise to all of us, man, because I was not expecting this. Her surprise is that they are going to be working together as a team next week in a match against your women's tag team champions, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane. What? What? I'm sorry, am I the only person here that was like, what i'm saying what so many times but i'm literally that was my reaction to this i was not expecting this to be the surprise now mind you i'm definitely looking forward to this because well for one it's like oh cool we're gonna get to see the tag team champions compete against these two girls like i think lyra is such a tremendous wrestler so i'm very excited about that and we know that some some weird thing's going to happen between Lyra and Tatum. I don't know what exactly, but something weird's going to go down. It's going to cost them to lose the match. But I'm looking forward to this because I know this match is going to be good. Like, I really do feel like this match is going to be a good one. So for that reason, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Like, this was a pleasant surprise. This wasn't just a surprise for Tatum, but it was also a surprise for us the fans so that's going to be happening at roadblock anyways this was what was interrupted and then the ridge holland thing happened so for those of you who are wondering how that all went down um all right let's see what we got here we got steven marchuli here who says nxt do more with lexus king he has it well my friend let's get right into it then since you brought it up lexus king had a match today against von wagner now we need to talk about this because <laughs> how do I say this? How on earth do I say this? Von Wagner was not a favorite on NXT for a very long time. He just wasn't a favorite. Now, I'm not going to call him a favorite on the show. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, he has like a shit ton of fans. I'm sure he has fans. I don't know if it's a shit ton, but I'm sure he has fans. Okay. Hell, even I 
grown to like Von Wagner so much more on this show than I did when we first started. As a matter of fact, when this whole thing first started, I was sitting here going, what the hell? Get Von Wagner off my screen. This is blah, blah, blah. That's literally how I felt. Moving forward, I started to be like, ah, you know what? Von Wagner's pretty funny. You know what? He's getting better. It's working, whatever it is that they're doing with him. Okay, that's where, we, that's where we're at with Von Wagner. Lexus King comes into WWE. He's doing all of these really great promos where he's talking about his father. He's talking about why he's not taking uh, his father's name, why he's going by Lexus King. He comes in with a lot of swagger, with a lot of attitude, and it goes nowhere. And I've been sitting here every week saying like, this is not what I expected Lexus King to be doing on NXT. And I had some people that were kind of questioning because I had said last week that I felt that Lexus King came in with some buzz. And I really do believe that because, you know, uh, he's Brian Pillman Jr. And on top of that, he had just came off of, you know, at AEW. Uh, things didn't really work out for him there. Unfortunately, he had one really good pro program that I always refer back to because I really enjoyed what he did with MJF. But that was really it. Got some some cool moments with Varsity Blondes with Griff Garrison. But then that was really basically it, everybody. And so I really thought, oh, NXT is going to be really the place where we see Lexus King just like hit things off right away. And it really hasn't been what I expected it to be. That's where I'm at. So he ends up losing in this match. He loses to Von Wagner and he loses via distraction. Um, by Robert Stone. Now, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say because I just don't. If you would have told me when Lexus King came in that he would be losing to Von Wagner in this fashion, I would have probably laughed in your face. I would have laughed. I would have been like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, it happened. And... You know, obviously there's more of a story to be told here, but it was just so lame. It was so lame to see that. And it was just not what I expected. It was not what I expected here. And when I think of the stories of these two guys, this is just not what I expected. But you know what? I'm going to pay, I'm going to say the words that I hate to say. I'm going to trust the process, even though I hate saying that. But for once, I'm going to say it and I'm going to, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to put my arms up in the air, wave them like I just don't care, and let it be. We'll see where we're at by the end of the year. Um, because right now, like I said earlier, there's spots to grab for the men. The top spot for the guys on NXT, it's there to grab. But you got to work to it. Grab that spot and make it yours. So it could still happen for Lexus King. We'll see. Or hell, at the rate that we're going, shit, it can happen for Von Wagner. Who the hell knows? Um, we will see what happens there, guys, honestly. Um, Brandon Rosen says, obviously, Kabuki Warriors aren't losing to Lyra and Tatum. So how does this play out? Does Tatum then turn on Lyra to set up a title match um, at Stand and Deliver? Um, I don't know. There was someone's theory. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone had a theory that um, Lyra was secretly working for Roxanne Perez. And even though that sounded a little far-fetched, I kind of liked that idea 
I don't think so because they really haven't done, they haven't given us any signs. They haven't really said anything. They haven't teased that at all. So maybe not. That's probably not going to happen. I'm just assuming that Tatum's going to fuck up somehow because she's not as experienced. She's going to mess it up and she's going to lose this match and it's going to be like a heartfelt moment. I don't know. I think that her turning on Lyra would be the biggest surprise. It would be surprising because I think Tatum has been doing a really good job of truly making us believe that she has good intentions. What those intentions really are, I'm not really too sure, but I do think that they're good intentions. I don't know if she's in love with her romantically. I don't know if she's in love with her like an idol. I don't know if she's in love with her like a sister. I still haven't really <laughs> been able to decipher all of that. But regardless of what her intentions are, they don't feel like she's trying to hurt Lyra. But she just might be doing a really good job of it. So if she does indeed hurt Lyra, I'm going to be sitting here going, oh shit, because Tatum Paxley definitely convinced me that she had good intentions. I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. Brandon Rosen, thank you so much for the super chat. We got Jay Hudson here who says, Denise, I feel that I feel like Tatum wants to be more than friends with Lyra and will eventually try to kiss her. Is wrestling ready for a lesbian angle? We've had them before, guys. I remember being a kid. And sorry, guys, I'm so disgusting right now. Um, but I for the audio listeners who aren't seeing this, I got like Kleenex everywhere. Don't worry, I got hand sanitizer, I got water. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But anyways, I remember being a kid and obviously I didn't really know about like romance or anything like that. Um, you know, I didn't know about any kind of romance. I didn't know about boy-girl romance, girl-girl romance, boy-boy romance. I didn't know about anything, all right? I was freaking sheltered AF. So I remember being in the crowd, literally like fifth, sixth row when they were doing the HLA angle. Now, some of you guys here, may remember when WWE did the HLA angle and I was just sitting there going like I didn't really know how to react because I didn't know what was happening and I had never seen anything like it and so you know they've done a lot of stuff like that obviously when they did Trish and Mickey I uh, also did not know how to react because I was not of the age to really understand that kind of stuff um Half of the, I mean, more than half of what I saw in WWE, I did not understand for several, several years. It wasn't until I got older that I went back and was like, oh, that's what they were insinuating. You know, when you're a kid, sometimes things, they just go over your head. But um, obviously now, you know, I feel like if it's, it wouldn't be presented, I think, in the same way that it was presented in the Attitude Era. I think it would be presented in a uh, maybe more tasteful fashion. I don't know, like more respectful fashion. We'll see. I don't know if that's what they're going to end up doing from there. Um, Sterling says, no way you were there for HLA. Yep, I was, my friends. And at the time, like Stephanie McMahon, like she was like my favorite, like she was my favorite person growing up. And like, I was like, oh, Stephanie, I love Stephanie, right? And so seeing her be part of this, I was just standing there like, I don't know what's happening. Am I like, what's happening? You know, <laughs> looking around and stuff. Um, but yeah, anyways, but since I got you guys all in the mood thinking about HLA, huh, how about you get Bluetooth code Denise? 
Are you jobbing now in bed? Do you have dreams of main eventing in the sack? Well, have no fear. Blue Chew is here to help you become the champ. Soon you'll make your baby face come back and get the finish. Blue Chew is the place to go for chewable versions of Sildenafil, Tadalafil, Vardenafil. These ingredients help men achieve stronger, yeah, harder, yeah, and longer lasting erections for sexual activity. Woo! The chewable tablets help fight off all forms of ED, which can include performance anxiety and maintaining an erection long enough for sex. A Blue True subscription includes a free online consultation, 24-7 medical support, a prescription for chewable, sildenafil, tadalafil, vardenafil, if approved, and discreet delivery straight to your door every month, all from the comfort of your own home at affordable prices. No more in-person doctor visits, no more waiting for appointments, and best of all, no more awkwardness. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to the description box of this video and click on the link and make sure to use the promo code DENISE. <laughs> Sorry guys, I was just laughing at all the comments in the chat. <laughs> oh man, I gotta tell you that was perfect timing. I was like, oh shit, I got a Bluetooth code. Uh, I can't even talk anymore. I got a Bluetooth ad to post on here, guys. Um, we got a super chat here from Jay Hudson who says, uh, Denise, thoughts on Tomatonga signing with WWE? How would you book his debut on what brand? I think he aligns with the Good Brothers thoughts. Hey, man, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Honestly, I don't know what they would do specifically with Tomatonga. When I saw the news, I didn't really have that big of a reaction. My reaction was very mid, where I was just like, oh, okay, Tomatonga's in WWE. That was kind of my reaction to that, guys. And so I, I think it's more of just a wait and see and how he's being presented and what they do with him. I don't know what brand. I'm pretty sure. I think send him to NXT. Just got to say it. Send him to NXT. We need people. What did I say, guys? We need dudes on NXT. So more the merrier. Bring them over. Uh, Jay Hudson. That's kind of where I'm at right now with that. Um, all right. So speaking of which, we were just talking about the Good Brothers. So let's get right into that. Luke Gellows and Carl Anderson were just versus... Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. So, first of all, Booker T is back, guys, on commentary. I could have missed him. Honestly, he adds something to the show. And I've said it before. I was kind of like, when they announced that Booker T was going to be doing NXT commentary, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't too excited about it. But he's been killing it. He's been doing a good job. I like what he brings to NXT. I like his uh, sound effects and some of the crazy things that he says where I'm like, did Booker T really just say that? Yeah, he did. I thought it was funny, though, because <laughs> Booker T is back to hating on Idris Inofi and Malik Blade. Still don't know why he doesn't like these guys. It's like he didn't like them and then he started liking them and then he left. He came back and he saw them and he's like, nah, I don't like them again. Because uh, he was just saying that they need to mature and this and that. And I'm like, what? Where's all this coming from? I do not see Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade as immature guys. But anyways, whatever. Um, This match, for the most part, it was honestly a fine match. Like what I kept thinking about while I was watching this was that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson have literally faced some of the very best teams in professional wrestling when it comes to tag teams. Um, they face the who's who's of tag teams. So when you think of their experience 
in WWE, outside of WWE, and everything that they've done, being in there for Idris Anofi and Malik Blade, I can only imagine that this was like a huge uh, learning experience to be with such an experienced tag team um, like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. So that was kind of what kept running through my mind throughout this entire thing. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, maybe you noticed it sooner than I did, but I feel like Idris Anofi has like gained even more muscle. I feel like he's really... I don't know. I mean, both of these guys have always looked well when it comes to their physique. Like, they got really good physiques. But I feel like Idris Anofi, in particular, stood out to me today where, like, I felt like his muscle looked more refined. I don't know. Something about what he's doing with his physique really stood out to me here tonight. Um, and so for that reason, uh, I wanted to mention that, too. But really simple, magic killer for the win. Um, Gallows and Anderson, obviously, getting that win. Um... Afterwards, we end up getting Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, they come out, Axiom and Nathan Frazier, they come out, and then we get the LWO, they attack Gallus and Anderson from behind, Baron Corbin and Bronson Reed, I'm sorry, Baron Corbin and Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, excuse me. I don't know why I'm saying Bronson Reed. What the hell? I'm just, I'm out here just pulling out B wrestlers, whoever's name starts with a B. Um, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin are on the top watching. They're dressed like twins, by the way. Uh, I'm hoping they did that on purpose. They both got the shades. They got the, the black uh, tank tops, and they're both standing exactly the same. The only difference is that one is very much tan, and the other one is not. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, when it comes to the tag team division, like, this is it. Like, this is the tag team division on NXT. So Gallows and Anderson, I said this last week when they came into uh, NXT, is they were pretty much needed here. Uh, it does feel like a little bit of a step down for them, um, but they were needed. So, damn it, we'll take it. And um, the only thing for me that I struggle with, guys, is we need more serious – we need more serious tag teams here because – I can't take Andre Chase and Duke Hudson seriously when they come out and confront guys like Luke and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I, I, I just can't. It's like, I can't, I can't really take them that seriously. And that's a little bit of a problem. And when I see Acton and Nathan Frazier, they're a really good team, but I kind of felt the same way. I didn't feel that way when I saw them in their confrontation with Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. That within itself, like that felt more on par. And um, I'm pretty sure like this, when we eventually get this matchup between these two teams, like they're going to probably be the team that takes the titles away from Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. But here's the problem though is, and I think this is a problem already with Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin, was that if there wasn't Gallus and Anderson, there's not another team on the roster that I feel is believable enough that I can see them defeating these guys. And so same thing, if and when Gallus and Anderson become tag team champions, I can't buy any of these other teams defeating them for the titles. And obviously, you know, Braun Breaker is going to go off to SmackDown. I don't know what that means for Baron Corbin. They still haven't really answered any of that. Um, but that's what I mean by we need more serious competitors, more of a serious team 
because there's just a lot of guys that I cannot buy defeating other guys. And like, that's kind of how I felt like with Ilya Dragunov as champion. Like there were certain guys where I'm like, I just can't buy that person defeating Ilya. Or even when Braun Breaker was champion, I can't buy this person defeating Braun Breaker. Um, so there's very few competitors that I can say, oh yeah, I can see these people legitimately being um, competitors and it legitimately being a toss up of who can win. Um, so that's kind of how I felt when I was looking at this tag team division overall. Also, there was a very funny moment. It was very, very brief where backstage, Braun Breaker was telling Baron Corbin that he should get a tan. Oh, oh speaking of that backstage moment, did you guys think it was weird? Please let me know in the chat because I kind of thought this was a little weird. There was a moment where Gallus and Anderson, and I forgot who it was, it might've been Anderson, who told Baron Corbin that um, he said a comedian Corbin acting like he loves this place, basically acting like he loves being part of NXT. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, what? You guys are on NXT, on NXT now. Similar to Baron Corbin, you guys got bumped down to NXT. So I thought that was an interesting line uh, in this promo. I don't know. I maybe I read into it too much, but I don't know. I it kind of felt like it it it, it, it caught my attention. And Baron Corbin starts talking about how NXT reinvigorated his career, and I'm like, yeah, but why would these guys come here and say that when they literally just arrived to the NXT brand and now they're out here making fun of another main roster guy that came to NXT, basically saying that basically almost making it seem like they weren't happy about the situation. So I don't know. It was a little bit weird. Maybe I read too much into this, but that's kind of what I thought. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and see what the people are saying here. Uh, thank you so much to Mike Parker, by the way, for this super generous uh, super chat. I really appreciate that. Mike Parker says, happy to turn in soon. Oh, sorry. God, have to turn in soon. Uh, but wanted to say, while I've been critical of Metaphor, I haven't joined Lash and Jakara in their matches as opposed to being background players. Wouldn't mind if they broke them off from the group. Dude, I am not a fan of Metaphor. People know this already. Uh, but I love, love, love Lash Legend. I think she, she's my favorite person in that whole group. So I wouldn't care either, but I think right now, especially with Noam Dar losing the NXT Heritage Cup, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that Lash Legend, the reason why she got, the reason why you're interested in Lash Legend is because she got over when she wasn't doing stuff with the metaphor. You see what I mean? Like she got popular on NXT when she had the moment with Otis and when she was on NXT's, um, deadline the iron survivor challenge that's when people started going huh let me see what this lash legend girl is all about and then her match that she had last week her two matches that she had last week she did great in both of those matches so the reason why you're interested in her is because of the moments that you saw with her outside of metaphor um so yeah that's kind of how i feel about that but mike parker thank you so much for the super chat we got brandon rosen who says i've never been a fan of noam dar or metaphor or the heritage cup for that matter having said that wtf was this booking all about now i care even less so i might as well talk about that and 
So the main event of the evening, right before the contract signing, was the Heritage Cup Championship. Uh, Noam Dar defending against a member of the No Quarter Catch crew, which he did not know who it was going to be. And it ended up being Charlie Dempsey. Now, I'm sort of along the lines of Brandon Roseanne where I felt like, truthfully, it got to the point where I was like, not really caring about what they were doing here on the show. Like every week, it was the thing I talked the least about because I like, if you got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all type of situation. And I had nothing good to say uh, about what they were doing with the metaphor and the Heritage Cup uh, championship, literally nothing good to say. So with that being said, God, I really, really hope I'm struggling here because I know that Charlie Dempsey has the makings of what I, obviously he's William Regal's son. So, and you know, he's going off, he's been in Japan, he's been doing all this stuff, right? He has the makings of a potentially really great wrestler. In terms of the personality, we haven't seen any of it on NXT. And I wasn't a fan of what they were having Noam Dar do. But it is totally opposite on the spe- like the spectrum of personality. Because you got Noam Dar, who was just like, you know, very, very like high energy. and Right? And then you have Charlie Dempsey, who's just like blank. You know? So it is very different when it comes to that, which is fine, right? You need different people. Like I was talking earlier, you need serious people on the show. Um, I, I hope to become a Charlie Dempsey fan with this Heritage Cup championship run. That's all I can say. I hope I become a fan. We'll see what happens. Um, But if this does not go well, then I'm just going to like stop talking about the Heritage Cup championship because it's been my least favorite thing every single week. And I don't want to be a hater. I'm not trying to be Drew McIntyre, but damn, I'm praying for times where I don't hate the Heritage Cup championship segment of the show. Uh, Brandon Rosen, thank you so much for the super chat. Um, all right, and we still got so much more to talk about, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get to that stuff. Um, let's talk about some of the women's matches that we had here. Uh, actually, we got a super chat here that I want to read from uh, the Tribal Chief, who says Stan came back to NXT. Stan came back to NXT to exact his revenge on Shawn Michaels. Um. So Stan came back to NXT to exact his revenge on Shawn Michaels for super kicking him almost two decades ago. Long-term storytelling at its finest, says the tribal chief. Chief, thank you so much for the super chat. Sorry, guys. I'm sick. I'm a mess. Things are not registering as fast today. All right, let's get to the women's stuff. Roxanne Perez, Jakara Jackson. All right, things to note here. Roxanne Perez is looking a lot more comfortable in this heel row. She went in there. She was slapping this woman. Um, she was just, God, she was just going after this woman. Like there was no tomorrow. She hit her with a really nice springboard moonsault. Really enjoyed that. Um, Roxanne ends up winning this match with a cross face. And it seems that this is definitely the direction she's going in now because she did not hit the Pop Rocks at all in this match, I believe. I don't recall her seeing her hit the Pop Rocks at all. And last week when she defeated Ren Sinclair, she also defeated her with a cross face. So I love that she kind of found found something that she's going to specifically uh, 
this move that she's going to use uh in her heel persona now with what she's doing so uh, i like that because it is like the pop rocks is definitely um a move that gets you like ooh, and crossface is a lot more savage um definitely a lot more savage so i kind of like that roxanne perez is also changing her uh her in-ring moves uh, just a little bit, right? Doing a little bit of tweaking uh, now that she is a heel. So those are really the main things that I want to say uh, in particular to this match here. We also had Kiana James versus Kalani Jordan. The things to take away from here is that um, Kalani Jordan, once again, she's going out there. She's showing her athleticism. She's been doing that all the time. Um, there was a moment where Izzy Dave pulled the leg of Kalani Jordan while she was on the ring apron. And my God, Kalani Jordan literally took like a sick bump. She sold that thing like there was no tomorrow. Um, I thought that was really great, actually. Um, if you go back and you rewatch that, pay extra attention to that specific, specific spot um, because I thought that was interesting. But Kiana James gets the win. And um, that was pretty much it from that. And the other thing that we need to get to is we had Gigi Dolan versus Jada Parker. This one was also surprising to me, guys, because similar to Von Wagner and to Lexus King, not super similar because Jada Parker came in and we, I didn't feel for her what I felt for Von Wagner. <laughs> Jada Parker just came in and was like, you know, she was fine. Uh, I actually liked Jada Parker from the very beginning. So, um, Cool. I'm liking to see. I'm liking that they're really giving her an opportunity on NXT. But what I'm referring to is just like the expectation, I guess. I wasn't expecting Gigi Dolan to take the loss here, given that they haven't been doing anything with her really on NXT. And that even played into why this match was happening was that Gigi Dolan went into Ava Rain's office, basically wanting to talk about her future in NXT. And so. I don't know, guys, like what, like something here needs to happen. There needs to be a reawakening of some sorts for Gigi Dolan. Also, I wanted to mention earlier in regards to Ava Rain is that I'm feeling like she's starting to feel a lot more comfortable in her NXT GM role. So that was another thing that I did want to point out there. But there are just two more things we need to get into. And I'll start off with Thea Hale because that's a big one. So Thea Hale, uh, it looks, I mean, it's been like this now for the last like week or two. It looks like she's finally breaking off from JC Jane because JC Jane and her really don't have anything in common. Like, yeah, they were friends for a bit, but I think at the core, they're just not, they just don't mesh. And so if you recall, JC Jane kind of gave some bad advice to Thea Hale, uh, when she went on her date with Riley Osborne. Well, Riley Osborne has kind of dumped Thea Hale, guys. He dumped her. That's it. And he said that he, apparently Thea Hale says that she got dumped because Riley was expecting a certain girl when they went on their date, and that was not the girl that he got. So she took JC Jane's advice, and it wasn't good advice. Which, to be fair, to in, in JC Jane's defense, playing hard to get, it's not bad advice, but Thea Hale just took it to an extreme. And so it turned into like really bad advice. So now this is what they're running with. And so Thea Hale basically screwed herself out of a relationship and she's starting to bond with Fallon Hendley. 
And JC Jane basically made fun of her. She made fun of uh, her wanting to be friends with Felon Henley, taking her advice. And she also buried the old Thea Hale. So she told Thea that the old Thea was a loser. And she said a bunch of other stuff, really made her feel like shit. And so Thea Hale's just sitting there, really feeling sorry for herself. And JC Jane goes off with all of the other mean girls and they all bond. And Thea Hale's just sitting there, brokenhearted. So poor Thea Hale, guys. Poor Thea Hale. Good stuff there, though. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see JC Jane versus Thea Hale when the moment actually happens. So that's going to be fun. All right. Last thing I need to get into really quickly, uh, Dijak versus Luca Crucifino. Quick win for Dijak. Um, Joe Gacy comes out. They start fighting. Cool. The match is made for Roadblock. They're going to have an Asylum match. Uh, Dijak versus Joe Gacy in an Asylum match. And then we're also going to be seeing a couple more matches that have been added to Roadblock, which is including Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin versus Andre and Duke Hudson. And we're also going to be seeing the Kabuki Warriors versus Lyra and Tatum. And we're also going to be seeing Carmelo Hayes versus Tony D'Angelo. So next week's episode of NXT should be a good one. And uh, it'll tell us basically what to expect from... Um, from uh, NXT Stand and Deliver. So it's going to be a good one next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for everybody bearing with me today. Um, I wasn't my best in regards to my health, but I made it through. I was afraid that I wasn't even going to be able to breathe on the stream, but I did it, made it happen. And I will be back tomorrow with Righteous Reg, and we're going to be talking AEW Dynamite. And then on Friday, I will be here to talk about SmackDown. And then Saturday, I'm flying to Revolution. Um, so I'll be bringing to you guys all of the Revolution contents like I normally do. And then Monday, myself and Righteous Reg are going to be doing a AEW Revolution post show. And then I also got a bunch of interviews coming up. So there's a lot here to be excited about on the channel. We got a super chat here from Bear Hudson, who says... You're an inspiration to little girls who see themselves in you and want to follow in your path. You have blazed a trail that no one can match. You have created a path for a Latina woman to excel. Bear Hudson, man, that's very, very kind of you. Um, kind of you to send us in a super chat and say such a nice thing. Um, really, thank you so freaking much, man. That honestly made today's stream, even though I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating, which I think might be a good thing, actually. Sweating off this, this, this cold or whatever the hell I have. Sweating it off. So uh, thank you so much to Bear Hudson and to everybody here who tuned in. Uh, appreciate you guys all so much and have an awesome day, everybody. Bye.